Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's HealthLock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. Are you being influenced? Well, if you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, well, then there's a chance it has been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. Now, in Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, well, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free when you go to the website, hollywoodtakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. So like many of you, I used to suffer from insomnia. No matter what I did, I just couldn't get a perfect night's sleep. Well, then I met Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. He got me fitted for my very own MyPillow, and it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-467-1962. Use the promo code Sean to take advantage of Mike's two-for-one offer. Now, MyPillow is made right here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And by the way, you can even wash it and dry it. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-467-1962, promo code Sean, to get Mike's special two-for-one offer. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CVS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. Well, it shouldn't surprise you taxpayers that live in America's sanctuary cities. This has to be dealt with in any immigration bill, and the immigration bill cannot be put on the back burner as some Republicans probably would like to see happen. And Trump is pushing it to the forefront, saying that we've got to start building the wall immediately. 
I, you know, it's funny. It doesn't matter. Some I've, I've read on social media, Twitter, elsewhere. Some people are getting it wrong. He he did say repeatedly, "We're going to build a wall on the southern border. Who's going to pay for the wall? Mexico." And in many of my Trump town hall interviews, we've gone to the Trump town hall archives, and I have pulled out the question that I asked him numerous times. Well, you don't expect Mexico to buy to to give you a check for this, do you? And he said, "No, not at all." But this is how we're going to do it. This is this is how this is going to work. And that is when we renegotiate trade deals, et cetera, and it's going to work out. But it doesn't surprise me. All these. Well, there's illegals and Ram Rambo and all these other people, San Francisco, they all want to keep this sanctuary city status. Well, there's going to end up being a price to pay for their lawlessness. And there should be a price to pay for their lawlessness. Now, I even see out in Lieutenant Governor, the ever so ambitious Gavin Newsom, the Lieutenant Governor. Now, let me tell you about Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom thinks he was, I guess, the mayor of San Francisco back in the day. Now he is the Lieutenant Governor. He thinks of himself, I've met him, as president. He wants to be the president of the United States. He thinks he will be the president of the United States. Okay. He said in an interview this week with the Golden State podcast that he would use specific environmental laws in the state to stop the border wall from being built, at least in Southern California. There's something called CEQA in California, NEPA at the federal level. And he said that these indigenous lands and autonomies relating to governance of those lands, there are all kinds of obstructions as it relates to to just getting zoning approval and getting building permits. All those things could be made very, very challenging for the administration. In other words, he's saying he's going to use every environmental lawsuit he can to stop Trump's border wall. He hinted that if he could not actually stop the construction of the border wall in California, he would at least try to tie it up in bureaucratic battles. I could wait about a year and a half until we finish our negotiations with Mexico, which will start immediately after we get into office. But I don't want to wait, Trump said. I don't feel like waiting a year and a half. We're going to start building. No, it won't be a problem in Texas. It's not going to be a problem in Arizona. It may be a problem in California. Because Gavin Newsom wants to use this as a platform to run for president. Mexico is now saying they want to seek a a broad negotiating strategy with Trump. Well, why is Mexico now biting, chomping at the bit to... To do this, they want to negotiate NAFTA. They want to negotiate because they see Carrier pulled out. They see Ford pulled out. They see that Fiat Chrysler pulled out. And as a result, you even see in the Mexican economy, investors are bolting Mexico in droves as the peso is now entering a free fall. Well, why is Mexico's economy in a free fall? Because they've been propped up by America's stupid policies forever. And as soon as now it has been telegraphed to big business in America that our doors are open and regulations will be repealed and taxes will be lowered and it's going to be a business-friendly environment in the U.S., I don't think most of these corporations really feel like going to Mexico and then face the potential of a, a border tax if they build their products there and bring them back to America. They're not going to save money. So Trump says we're going to keep looking. And by the way, maybe the lieutenant governor, Gavin Newsom, May want to pay attention to what's happening in Fullerton, California, as we speak. CBSLA.com reporting that they're an undocumented immigrant. 
from El Salvador, suspected of sexually assaulting a five-year-old girl in Fullerton, California, is on the run as of yesterday. 30 years old, identified as a suspect, say that he was a possible sexual assault after officers responded to an out-of-area hospital back in December. Now they're looking for the guy. They have a $50,000 arrest warrant from a DUI in 2014 where he used a different name. And Trump got slaughtered by the abusively biased media for saying some of them are rapists. Some people coming into this country illegally commit murders. Well, we've documented all the facts for you. When I went down to the border, one of my 10 or 12 or 14 times, uh, all of the crime statistics in in Texas alone in a seven-year period was 630-some-odd thousand crimes. So all of these issues are now going to result in liberal activists going insane. What they tried to do this week, what we see, what CNN and what we saw with BuzzFeed this week is very clear. This is where the media in this country is headed. The very media that was exposed in WikiLeaks for colluding and propping up Hillary Clinton's campaign. The way Michael Goodwin writes it, the dogs of the Democratic media were absolutely howling yesterday over sordid, unverified allegations involving Russia, but the president-elect and his team put a master class in self-defense. This was no mean feat, and his performance was a reminder that Trump is not and never will be a pushover. He fights fire with fire, and he's getting increasingly more disciplined in making his case. Pulling it off was not as easy as he made it look. The salacious allegations that Trump faced on Tuesday night, packed with the potential to seriously wound Donald Trump before he even took office. Anything less than complete denial of that would have created a firestorm. But after no wiggle room statements, the allegations withered. They had to disappoint the dead enders who hoped that they finally found the kill shot. Instead, Trump emerged intact and even stronger as he made news on two other fronts. He released extensive plans on how he's serving himself. I'm sorry, severing himself against uh, from his company and nominating a new secretary of a troubled Department of Veterans Affairs. Committee or, or cabinet post. And the Democratic Party is still hell bent on stopping any good news before it's too late. You know, they totally crashed and burned here. You got to understand the, the Democratic media's big golden shower gate. You know, their hit piece on Trump, it's it's all unraveled. The great Barry Farber, one of the pioneers of talk radio, it's it's disinfecting faster than Alka-Seltzer tablet under Niagara Falls. I loved when he used to say two scorpions in a brandy glass. Well, what you've got is the New York Times trashing BuzzFeed for publishing what amounts to be a hoax. Even at MSNBC, Chuck Todd going after BuzzFeed. You know, that was, you know, then the performance of CNN, they've had every anchor like pleading and begging, no, we're not really fake news. We're really not. We're not. We're not fake news. And whatever reputation the alt-left radical mainstream media had for integrity, which wasn't much, has now been shredded beyond recognition. And they did this to themselves, all because they cannot control their love of Obama and Hillary and their hatred of Donald Trump. The New York Times was trying to make BuzzFeed the fall guy for everybody else. They They don't want CNN damaged in all of this. It was pretty funny. A major Democratic Party special interest group has been linked to the Golden Showergate hoax, op research, 
the firm that hired a former British spy to dig up this dirt on Donald Trump, apparently is the same shady outfit that was hired by Planned Parenthood to put a positive spin on all those videos that came out on the sale of baby body parts. So they hired the same particular group. And Trump is out there predicting their days are numbered. I mean, I'm looking, Newsbusters has chronicled 49 times. Oh, this was a hacked election. Hang on a second. By the way, from the Politico that's covering this IG investigation of Comey's Hillary probe, it seems it's going to focus on Democratic complaints that he sabotaged a presidential bid. That's interesting. Apparently, that's going to be part of the investigation, too. Of course, a pro-Hillary probe would likely end on January 20th. So let's see what happens there. But John Podhoritz, BuzzFeed's Trump report takes fake news to a new level. I even noticed conservatives are really afraid to go after CNN the way they deserve to go after it because it was CNN's breathlessness and hysteria that really advanced this story. The Daily Mail had a great column today. The only hookers in this story are cheap, lazy journalists who ran with fake Trump sleaze to urinate on his presidency. Daily Mail is a funny newspaper. It really is. And they get it right. They start out the article by saying President-elect Donald Trump didn't pay prostitutes to urinate on his bed in the presidential suite at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Moscow three years ago. Neither did Donald Trump do this to deliberately defile a bed that had been used by Barack and Michelle Obama. And nor did Vladimir Putin secretly videotape the whole thing to use his blackmail against Trump at a later date. It's all baloney. Horribly damaging, deeply offensive baloney, which will, of course, have caused huge distress to Trump, his wife and wider families. You know, this is my verdict on Watergate scandal. I guess we'll call it Golden Showergate. Might as well. It's now open warfare. The media is being exposed. What is Trump going to do here? And this is where Trump's danger. This is where the danger lies for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is taking on even a pathetically weak Republican establishment. When they tried to go weak on ethics reforms, what did he do? He called them out. When they tried to say we're not going to repeal and replace at the same time, and, and Paul Ryan said, well, we'll do it sometime in the year. He called them out. Donald Trump is advancing his immigration agenda. Within two weeks after he's inaugurated, we'll appoint a Supreme Court justice. He's going forward with the vetting plan that he has, the economic plan that he has, the Obama repeal and replacement plan, and he's going to spend the first few hours of his presidency undoing 75% of everything Obama has done to damage the country through executive orders. This is historical, but there's also great danger because he's opening up the nerve center of a media establishment that has a predisposition already to totally despise him. A Democratic establishment that totally despises him. And I'll take it the next step. A Republican establishment that is weak, spineless, visionless, that also deep down but for a few members of the Freedom Caucus and Louis Gohmert that despises him. So once that nerve is exposed, he's going to be touching that nerve a little bit. These people are all going to begin to squirm. And that's why every item on his bold agenda, and it's very bold. I tried to make this case to people before the election. And then you had the never Trumpers out there, the Bill Crystals of the world and all these other idiots 
You know, oh, it's not bold. Now they're out there saying Donald Trump loves Putin. Well, he made clear exactly what my position on Putin is. I hate Putin. I don't trust Putin. I don't trust Russia. I don't trust any of these people. But the fact is, we've allowed, I've been the only one in the media to tell you every single agency that has been hacked in the Obama years. It's amazing how many people said, oh, I didn't know the White House was hacked. I didn't know the State Department was hacked. I didn't know the Department of Defense was hacked. Hey, that's good information. Why didn't the New York Times tell us? Why, didn't, why doesn't the CNN tell us? Because they're not in the business of making the case. Why didn't they give you Obama's horrific record after this ridiculous speech in Chicago the other night? including on race relations that he spent so much time on. How many people didn't know that 22 million personal files were hacked by the Chinese in the office of personal management in 2014? Nobody knows. But what I, you know, you have, you're going to see an unholy alliance emerge here between all of the different establishment figures. You're going to have the media establishment, Republican establishment, Democratic establishment, all uniting under one banner and that is they hate donald trump and they hate anybody that likes donald trump and i saw carl bernstein attacking poor kellyanne conway as a propaganda minister good grief fake news outlet cnn planned the attack on trump it backfires now they they are all over they want now to be proven right they're going to be on a mission to destroy trump over at cnn as they were the whole election season this is nothing new Interesting story out of uh, Trump Tower today. That is Marine Le Pen. Is that how you say it? The, L- Lauren is here today. Linda's son is Liam has a cold. Um, and he's not feeling well. well. He's in our prayers. Marine Le Pen. How would you say it? Marine Le Pen. Okay. She said you have to say it the French way. I'm like, well, what's the French way? Linda's the French expert, actually, but... I tried. Anyway, after speculation over the nature of, this was in Breitbart, the France Front National Leader, Marine Le Pen, like Pepe Le Pew, like that. Anyway, their visit to New York, she was spotted in an apparent meeting over coffee at Trump Tower in the ice cream parlor. I've never been to that part of Trump Tower. I didn't know they had an ice cream parlor. I went out to eat once at uh, the restaurant down there. That's the extent of, and yes, I paid. I paid. 800-941-SEAN. The interviews you won't hear anywhere else. Every day. Every day. That's what we do. You're on the Sean Hannity Show. My colleague Brett Baer at the top of the air. Let's go to Obama. How many times he blamed Fox and Fox News. And I haven't... You know, turned on Fox News or listened to conservative talk radio yet today, but I've turned them on enough over these past seven and a half years to know I'm not exaggerating in terms of their story. And and look, if I watched Fox News, I wouldn't vote for me. You know, if you're watching Fox News, you get an entirely different reality than if you know if if you watch Fox News on a regular basis. It is a constant menu. If you watch Fox News, you inhabit oh, a Oh, what a big baby, crybaby. It's over in eight days. Relax. The question is, what kind of president would Donald Trump be? 
and wow. I mean, it's almost hard to wrap your mind around. I agree with you that there were lots of, um, you know, divisive comments, especially and unfortunately about the press. This was goodbye to American leadership in the world. It's goodbye to globalization. He's bringing America home. He, want, he, he is going to lead a nativist, nationalistic, populist movement. And if you want to join up with him, fine. But if you don't, forget it. He's going to do it in his pugilistic, narcissistic way. He's not going to change. Look, there's somebody writing speeches trying to calm people down, talk about unity, that throwaway line about, you know, please don't you know, be mean to each other. There's somebody, there's somebody... It's a throwaway line, but it's one that he has never given. And I'm happy to hear... I hope, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll he read it as if it were a hostage message. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. not come from yeah. When I first heard that he was tweeting about something that was on this broadcast, a number of tweets, mm -hmm. uh, again, factually incorrect tweets last night, I kept thinking, doesn't he have like a briefing book on ISIS to be reading? He's the president-elect of the United States. I mean, should his behavior, I mean, should his behavior change more? Do you think it's sunk in that he is president-elect of the United States? President-elect Donald Trump announcing more cabinet posts today while continuing to attack the media, particularly CNN, for pointing out that his claim that there were millions of fraudulent votes is baseless. Speaking of interactions with the Fourth Estate, it has been 125 days since Mr. Trump took questions from reporters in a formal press conference. This was a white lash. This was a white lash against a changing country. It was a white lash against a black president in part. I want to recognize a lot of our viewers at home, uh, this is frightening to them, and I think we should acknowledge that. This may feel to a lot of our viewers at home like a national emergency. Why? Because Steve Bannon has been described as someone who has been described as a white supremacist, as someone who is an anti-Semite. Inflammatory words about Islam from Donald Trump's choice to be his White House national security advisor. This hour, hateful groups emboldened by Donald Trump's election. Online opinions moving offline. He doesn't like people setting fire to the flag because they were protesting him. He doesn't mind if someone stands up and says Sig Heil enough to complain about that. He doesn't understand that he's a steward of how you do things in America to keep it open and free. And that's the concern. But America will forever be indebted to him for the character that he showed and for the class that he showed and the dignity that he showed beyond reproach. And he's been scandal free, frankly, in the White House. We haven't had that for a while. On that song of hope that brought him to the White House, part campaign speech, part State of the Union, sermon on democracy, a song of gratitude and hope. It, it was everything. It was the 2004 keynote address. It was the race speech in Philadelphia, all of it combined. And I don't think that anyone could have done a better farewell address. What we owe this man and his family for bringing that example to all of our children and our nation. Oh, this room was electric. It still is electric. People are on their feet. Some people are crying. Many of them are cheering. The crowd here hanging on his every single word. Uh, George, consider this. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile in 1954. It never happened prior to that. Within a year, 24 runners had done that. In these eight years, President Obama has shown America what's possible, what we can look like, that we are now a more diverse nation from top to bottom. There just aren't a whole lot of cultural events that pull us together for a lot of Americans. Last night was one of those. Whatever friends of yours uh, indicated that they told their kids to sit down and watch this with them, that's good parenting. That was a spectacular moment last mm. night. And the speech was, I thought, uh, spectacular. In the we are not going to be hearing a speech like this from a sitting president for the next and four look, or eight let's years. Be honest. I mean, he is an order. That's just who he is. 
and that's why he can hit it out of the park like this. And well, this is the kind of speech that got him elected the president of the United States. It's going to be a while. Uh, you know, who knows how long before we can hear a speech like this. This is a rock and roll concert, a political rally. The energy level is high, and the amount of love in this city for the president is just sky high. Well, he stayed uh, not only in office, but now is leaving office with an incredibly positive approval rating and is uh, the most respected man in America. He's very eloquent. You cannot take that away from him. He's one of the most eloquent presidents we've had for a long, long time. You saw the people coming to hear him speak. These are his passionate supporters, people who love him. You know, we saw someone with a microphone. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show. They hear two very distinct versions of coverage of one a president-elect smeared, slandered, and besmirched hourly. And then, of course, the fawning over President Obama, not only of his speech, but throughout his entire presidency. We have two big stories that we are covering today. One is the issue of fake news and everything that has happened in the last 48 hours, including we have new information on the BuzzFeed chairman that we'll get back into in a minute. And the second one is we have the Department of Justice and the Office of Inspector General reviewing the Department of Justice, FBI, and their actions ahead of the 2016 election. So what is what what represents fair, balanced news? Well, no better person to join me. I have no idea after all these years we've worked together. I have no idea whatsoever which way he stands politically. Brett Baer is with us. He has a brand new book out. It's up on Hannity.com. It's in bookstores everywhere on Amazon.com. And it's called Three Days in January, Dwight Eisenhower's Final Mission. How are you, sir? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. I really don't. And I've even been out to dinner with you. I still don't know where you stand politically. That That's exactly what you want, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I listen, I... I weigh in on things from an analysis point of view, uh, and I really try every day uh, to make special report a place that uh, Democrats and Republicans can feel a comfortable being and also cover the news in a way that uh, we get all sides of the issue. Now, that said, um, there is a lot to cover, and uh, it is amazing that uh, sometimes it gets covered one way, and we seem to find, um, you know, to, to show the other side, uh, as well as, um, you know, what the mainstream media is focusing on. Now, look, you and I have two very distinct and different jobs. Um, I am the op-ed page of the Fox News Channel. I am an opinion page. We don't hide that fact. But you want to be fair, balanced, and objective. What is your analysis of what has happened in the last 48 hours with BuzzFeed and CNN? Well, a couple of things. One is I, I do think that they are different. Um, BuzzFeed clearly put all of that that dossier out there and, um, and you know, I think really got a lot of heat from a lot of uh, sides of of, uh, of journalism and on radio and every place else. Uh, CNN, you know, did the story originally and put out that the president-elect was briefed on it uh, and that the president was briefed on it. Um, they didn't go into the details. However, they did, you know, talk around them and spent a lot of time um, on this subject uh, for, for an entire day. Uh, I know on a lot of guys and women over there at, at CNN, and I've worked alongside them um, at the Pentagon and at the White House, and there are some good journalists out there. I know you say journalism is dead. Um, there are some good people still digging and asking questions, but you, you can be critical of how that is presented. And um, Do you, not, and you, do you can, not have any criticism of how CNN handled this? Because I have no, no, I do. I mean, I don't think I would be, you know, doing the question like Jim Acosta did. Uh, I don't think that 
the handling of this uh, was done the right way as far as how it was presented. Uh, but I, I don't think you can say that everybody at CNN is. Uh, did you watch? Involved. Did you watch when this story broke on Tuesday? Because I was watching the initial coverage and watching the initial headlines, and and th- there was a certain intensity and almost like a feeling that they got them. They they got Donald Trump here, and they did it based on if you look at the full thirty five pages here. And you actually spend a little bit of time reading it. You and I both know that this has been out there for months and months. This was not yeah, really news. Yeah, we pitched it last year. Yeah, exactly. And you didn't run with it. Why? Asked people about it. We dug into it, and there was nothing to it. Uh, okay, but CNN was acting like there was something to it. And they're, you know, Michael Goodwin, who's a great media writer and, and general writer in general, said, you know, Democratic den- dead-enders and talking about the media, they were hoping for a political, quote, kill shot, meaning politically, against Donald Trump. Is that... Did you not get that I mean, feeling? I, definitely, I, I see where you're coming from, and I see that you can make that jump. I, I do think that CNN was different than BuzzFeed. That's all I'm saying. And that they were hanging their hat on the actual fact that intelligence officials brought that forward to the president and the president-elect. Vice President Biden has just done an interview with AP in which he says, yes, they, they talked about this. And the president said, what does this have to do with anything? And they say, we just wanted you to know uh, that it may be out there. Now, why is it out there, Sean? Somebody leaked it. And, you know, and and then BuzzFeed put it out there. But it wasn't our but it wasn't even our intelligence agency. Wasn't this gathered by these op research people? Um, And this is, I think, an important part of the equation here. This was op research against Donald Trump, first by his fellow Republicans, then picked up later by the Democrats. And it had such scurrilous allegations associated with this. You would think somebody might have paused and said, really, Uh, golden showers, hookers, Russia. It never made sense, did it? Well, no, we just, you know, you. We ran around and tried to ask people about different elements of it, and um, and I think it did generate from this this MI6 guy that, but it was op research and it was being peddled um, by both Democrats and anti-Trump folks uh, in the summer of uh, 2015. Yeah, you know, news uh, busters actually found out that 49 times in their morning and evening broadcasts from December 8th to January 8th, they would use the loaded phrase hacked election. But the election was never hacked. Votes were never touched. Voting machines were never tampered with, were they? Right. And we make that crystal clear every time we talk about it. We say hacking, you know, before the election. We explain that very fact that the votes and the tallies were not affected by the hack. That said, even the people, Sean, who President-elect Trump is choosing to be around him, are expressing concerns about Russia's actions. You have Mike Pompeo, who says there should be a firm response uh, to the the hacking that surrounded the election. You have Jim Mattis, who says something similar. Uh, Rex Tillerson had his testimony. By the way, Sean Sean Hannity says it, and Sean Hannity's been saying it, you know, because do I think the Russians are hacking? Yeah. Do I think the Chinese are hacking? Yeah. Do I think think the Iranians and North Koreans? Yeah. Do I trust Putin? No. And people think just because I asked WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange questions that somehow, wow, he's a sympathizer. Well, I think I asked every pertinent question I possibly could, and, um, you know, the fact that they were too lazy to go with it is not my you know, and go to London and the Ecuadorian embassy is not my problem either. But all right, stay right yeah. there. We're going to continue more with my friend Brett Baer. He's got a brand new book out. We'll ask him about it when we get back. Three days in January, Dwight Eisenhower's final mission. Then we'll get to your calls in the next half hour. 
next election, you can vote for the true conservative. Or your options are the liberal Democrat. Or the rhino Republican. There are only bad options. You don't have a better bad idea than this? This is the best bad idea we have, sir, by far. The choice is clear. Sean Hannity. All right, as we continue, he is the host of the number one show in news in America today on cable, and it's called Special Report on the Fox News Channel. He's got a brand new book out, my friend Brett Baer, Three Days in January, Dwight Eisenhower's Final Mission. This is a, I, I just started reading it, and I'm mesmerized from, from the opening pages of this book, but you really are focused on three days in January, 1961, the year I was born, by the way, where it was sort of like a culmination of, of Dwight Eisenhower and his long life of serving his country and when he left the White House and the transition to JFK. Tell us about it. Yeah, so long story short, I mean, you and I are golfers, uh, and I... Well, one of us is a real golfer, but go ahead. (laughs) No, you play. You play all the time. We got to play. We definitely do. You you beat me on the tennis court, definitely. Um, I went down to Augusta, and I had the holy grail of invites. And I stayed at the Eisenhower cabin, and I was so jacked up, so excited. Uh, and I poured myself a glass of wine, and I looked around, and I saw the memorabilia on the walls. And I realized that I just didn't know that much about President Eisenhower's time in office. So I went out soon thereafter to Abilene, Kansas. And if you ever get a chance to go to the library there, it's really amazing, the Eisenhower Presidential Library. And I talked to the folks, and they said, this particular time, the transition from Eisenhower to Kennedy really has not been focused on. And specifically, the farewell address that Eisenhower gives January 17th, three days before Kennedy's inaugurated. So I stay there at, in Abilene. They come out. They pull out the actual farewell address with Eisenhower's um, you know, scribbles and notes and edits. And I'm standing. I'm, I have gloved hands holding it. And I'm thinking, you know, this is it. So I use this narrative of these three days. And then I jump back to look at President Eisenhower and General Eisenhower and how he conducted himself. Pretty amazing. And that was a transformative time in our country, as we all know. What did you find particularly that stood out for you? Well, first of all, as president, think of what was accomplished. He gets us out of the Korean War. Uh, He has a huge bipartisan bill and the success in the interstate highway system, the interstates that we're driving on today. The first civil rights legislation since Reconstruction, a robust economy during that time. Not a single soldier was killed in combat under eight years of President Eisenhower. He puts under God into the Pledge of Allegiance. In God we trust becomes the national motto printed on currency because of President Eisenhower. And he just had this remarkable ability to lift other people up in leadership. In his message, Sean, at the end, he wanted to have a blueprint for the country, not about him, not about his accomplishment, but about the way forward, talking about bipartisanship, warning about the military-industrial complex that was really about a cycle of industry possibly churning up war, and talking about deficits. That gets overlooked in this speech. He didn't want a mortgage our children and grandchildren's future by deficit and debt. Well, amazing, especially in light of the times we live in. I'm not happy with the Republicans adding $10 trillion to the debt, and I'm not happy with what Obama did, accumulating as much debt as every other president before him combined. But it, you gave us a fascinating insight into what this book is about. If you want to get a hold of it, it's up on Hannity.com. It's called Three Days in January, Dwight Eisenhower's Final Mission. Uh, he's the host of Special Report, number one news show on cable. 
And uh, Brett Baer, it's always an honor and privilege and uh, pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us. Sean, thanks for having me. The book starts with the meeting between President Eisenhower and President-elect Kennedy. It ends with the meeting of President-elect Trump and President Obama. And there's a lot relevant today to this transition in this book. Only eight more days, Brett. That's it. We get a new president. <laughs> eight more days, Brett. <laughs> you look. I'm speaking we'll totally for it. myself. I know. All right. Thank you. We'll when we you come back, we'll get to your call straight ahead. News Roundup Information Overload Hour at the top of the next hour. We'll get to all of that. Top stories today, of course, the Department of Justice, Office of Inspector General now reviewing the DOJ FBI actions ahead of the 2016 election including Hillary Rodham Clinton investigation disclosures. Now, this means a lot of new things are going to be happening here, not the least of which it will breathe a lot of new life into the July 5th news conference where Comey recommended against charges after noting Hillary Clinton and her team's violations. He basically outlined for 13 minutes every law that she broke and then said, oh, never mind. And his deputy, whose wife at the FBI, Andrew McCabe, who got nearly a million dollars from Democrats, including McAuliffe, for a state Senate run, an unprecedented amount of money for a state seat. Unprecedented. And this is the number two guy. And these are the people. Why didn't they recuse themselves? And the Department of Justice, legislative affairs, crossing the line by giving Clinton campaign, her campaign, uh, heads up before anybody else. Obviously, coordinating and trying to help Hillary. So they're going to examine these decisions. I think a lot of people could end up in trouble here. Jeff Sessions, during confirmation, said because of his harsh statements against Hillary during the campaign, he would recuse himself. And that probably would mean the best thing to do would be to get an independent counsel. Anyway, uh, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free number. And then, of course, we have the very latest on fake news. You know, you, you've got to understand what I was saying earlier today, that what this is about is never Trumpers. And that's the, the Rick Wilsons and, and all the never Trump people. The, the people that, that supported the third party candidacy of Admiral Mullins or McMullins, whatever his name is. And they it, when you saw the hysteria on CNN on well, what, what day was it? Monday or Tuesday? Absolute hysteria was Tuesday. You know that they thought they had Trump. They had it. And that's what they're going to be doing now for the next four years. CNN has learned that the nation's top intelligence officials provided information to President-elect Donald Trump and to President Barack Obama last week about claims of Russian efforts to compromise the president-elect Donald Trump. Included allegations that Russian operatives claim to have compromising personal and financial information about Mr. Trump. The underlying memos were produced by a former British MI6 intelligence operative with great experience in Russia and the former Soviet Union. Again, we haven't confirmed them, but it is something that is being taken very seriously and they're going to have to get to the bottom. And all of these people claim that they are real, objective and fair news organizations. The net result of this is nobody... All the red in this country that you see on this electoral map does not trust these people anymore, nor should they. We saw in WikiLeaks every single instance of most major news organizations corroborating or collaborating and colluding with the Clinton campaign. They wanted an outcome. 
You saw the, the fawning coverage this week after Barack Obama's farewell address. They were crying. They're upset. Martha Raddatz cried when Donald Trump won. You saw the depression on their faces election night. We need to go back and, and replay this madness. They were invested in Hillary Clinton, not invested in doing their jobs, which, of course, is to be fair, balanced, objective, and give you information so you can make an informed decision when you go into the, the, the booth and pull the lever. All right, 800-941-SEAN. Elizabeth is in Southfield in Michigan. A lot of good news now coming Michigan's way. I think they're going to be pretty happy. You can see all the companies now have picked up on what is coming, the end of burdensome regulation in business, lower tax rates for business. That creates more opportunities for investment. And these companies now, like Fiat and Chrysler and Carrier in Indiana, but Fiat Chrysler in Michigan and Ford in Michigan – They're all saying they're going to bring jobs back to Michigan, which desperately needs them. They lost half their population in just a short span of time. Anyway, Elizabeth, glad you called. How are you? I'm better now, Sean, but you damn near killed me. You have mercy on your listeners. You played some ridiculous montage of these reporters fawning and swooning over Obama. I don't listen to those garbage people. I heard that on the radio and damn near crashed my car. I had to pull <laughs> no, over. I was don't. late for my hair appointment. You made me stick to my stomach. I almost regurgitated my lunch. You can't do that to your <laughs> listeners, John. I can't help. I, listen, I'm not trying to make you sick or miss your hair appointment, for crying out loud. But well, it, you did, and I told Patty I'm sending you the, the late fee bill because you well, made how me much so was, sick. I how, much, how much was the late fee bill? $50. All right, Lauren, Lauren, I'm going to get your number. I'm going to send you 50 bucks in cash. This way you don't no have to report more it. Montages I, of no montages well, have to, reporters. I have to do my job. Oh, my God. You're going to kill us. But you don't, No, I'm not trying to kill you. I need my audience. If I kill you off, that means that I, I'm speaking to myself, which I probably would end up doing and may eventually one day end up doing in my old age when I'm retired one day. But well, have mercy on us. Please, I'm going to pay the please. late fee. Well, let me ask you a question. How much is it to get your hair cut in Michigan, in Southfield, Michigan? How much is it? Did you get, like, the full treatment? What would you do? Um, I got a uh, to color the gray, highlights, and highlights? a trim, which the gray is worse from all this election stuff. <laughs> why why are you reacting so? Coverage. Listen, I think my hair got whiter over this election year, so I can't really. I, I Listen, I just tried my best. I went all in. Um, one day I was kidding around with Trump and, um, he goes, you were the only one of the only few people that believed I could win. I appreciate it. And I said, yeah, I said, I was up the biggest tree out on the longest limb out on the smallest twig hanging, hanging by a, a, a moth's hair and a leaf, uh, because, uh, I knew you could win and I saw this coming and very few others did. Um, but look, it's, let's listen, it's that this is what we do. How much was the whole how much was the whole haircut experience, including tip? Including tip, like one forty. It's not that bad here. All right. So good. I'm going to send you a hundred and and forty bucks. I'll take care of the hair appointment. Okay. You don't have to do that, thank John. But please don't play those no. people anymore. We don't want to hear them. I, please. I, I, 
You mean you don't like when I play Endless Love? You don't think this is funny when I play Chris Matthews and his thrill up his leg? Come on, that's funny. This... It was funny, but right after my lunch, it almost came up. It got when you went back to back yeah. to back to back to back, and I almost. The feeling most people get when they hear Obama. I'm just going to play it. You know, well, I, mean, I don't have that too often. You know that these people in the media hate my guts. You do know that when I'm there on inauguration night, I mean, I may have to defend myself with some of them. I don't. I don't. You know, I, I got in a few Twitter fights this week with some media people. And then I and people are like, why are you giving them your attention? I'm like, I'm not a punching bag. You take a shot at me. I'm going to hit you back five times harder, maybe 10. Don't you think that's the way you should live your life? Maybe. I don't know. Probably so, because no one else is giving them a hard time. So I guess somebody needs to straighten them out. It's just it's just hard to, to swallow listening to their nonsense. It's just, I don't know how they can believe that it's normal. I just don't get it. All right, Elizabeth, stay on hold. I'm paying for your hair coloring and getting rid of the Greg. You can keep it up there. Showing that he's comfortable. Showing comfortable. This is valuable material. This is real estate of the highest order. I felt this thrill going up my leg. The guy's done everything. He's worked his butt off. He's been a good citizen. He's done everything right. You know, it's it's almost too easy. I will take care of Elizabeth. What she's referring to is the montage we put together, the fawning montage, the bromance uh, with Obama after he gave his speech the other night. Let me just play a little of it. My job is not to get you sick. I want you focused on driving. I tweeted out a picture of a car that overturned on the LIE today. Please put your seatbelts on and be careful. But this is what she's talking about. America will forever be indebted to him for the character that he showed and for the class that he showed and the dignity that he showed beyond reproach. And he's been scandal free, frankly, in the White House. We haven't had that for a while. On that song of hope that brought him to the White House, part campaign speech, part State of the Union, sermon on democracy. A song of gratitude and hope. It was everything. It was the 2004 keynote address. It was the race speech in Philadelphia, all of it combined. And I don't think that anyone could have done a better farewell address. What we owe this man and his family for bringing that example to all of our children and our nation. Oh, this room was electric. It still is electric. People are on their feet. Some people are crying. Many of them are cheering. The crowd here hanging on his every single word. George, consider this. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile in 1954. It never happened prior to that. Within a year, 24 runners had done that. In these eight years, President Obama has shown America what's possible, what we can look like, that we are now a more diverse nation from top to bottom. There just aren't a whole lot of cultural events that pull us together. For a lot of Americans, last night was one of those. Whatever friends of yours uh, indicated that they told their kids to sit down and watch this with them, that's good parenting. That was a spectacular moment last night. And the speech was, I thought, uh, spectacular. We are not going to be hearing a speech like this from a sitting president for the next and four look, or eight years. Honest. I mean, he is an order. That's just who he is. Let me, let me just interrupt right. this love fest here. And while that was going on, right after the speech, about five minutes after he got off the air, I gave the Obama record, which is taking on more debt than every other president before him combined. The increase in regulation paperwork, 583 million hours. His, his one point, whatever billions of dollars he's giving to Iran... 400 million of it 
was a hostage payment. We now know. We now know that how many criminal aliens were released, hundreds of thousands, since Obama has been president. We know new regulations finalized by Obama, 2,988, which, by the way, Trump will wipe out fairly quickly. We know the average cost of college has gone up five, nearly five grand at four-year public colleges. The cost of regulation, Obama regulation on American business, $873.6 billion. The global trade deficit last year alone, $732.2 billion. Student loan debt since he's been president, $690 billion. Hundreds of thousands of manufacturing jobs lost since Obama's been president. The cost of EPA regulations alone, $344 billion. Home ownership rate, the lowest in 51 years. One in six American men 18 to 34 either in jail, incarcerated, or out of the labor force. And I didn't mention Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, Benghazi, North Africa, bad relations with Israel, all-time low, the Russian reset, China, or any of these things. Never mentioned any of it. And if you're a Democrat, here's his legacy. They now have lost the presidency, 13 Senate seats, 64 House seats, 13 governorships, and 33 state houses. Anyway, we'll get back to this in your calls, 800-941-SEAN. And our news roundup and information overload hour coming. Up next, our final roundup and information overload hour. Since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go since you're, no, Mr. President-elect. Go, go ahead. Mr. President-elect, ahead. since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not you. can you give us a chance? Your organization You are attacking terrible. our news organization. Your organization Can you give us a chance terrible. to ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state? Quiet. Can, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically? She's asking a question. Don't be rude. Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You're attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. No, I'm not going to give you a question. Can I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You sta- can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, Go ahead. can you state categorically that nobody. No, Mr. President-elect, that's not Go appropriate. Ahead. Wow. CNN telling the president-elect of the United States what's appropriate after yelling at him and interrupting and being extraordinarily rude. Pretty spectacular. Anyway, let's go to Kim is in California. Kim, hi, how are you? And you are on the Sean Hannity Show. Hi, Sean. I'm wonderful. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you for the real news and all the fake information that you get everywhere else that is extremely helpful, especially in Southern California, when you're dealing with liberals and in your workplace. So I just I wanted to thank you very much. I really appreciate, you know, look, I am proud of a couple of things. We vetted Obama when no one else would. We gave you all of Obama's failure with all of the numbers that they'll never tell you. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, we gave you all of Obamacare's truth that they never told you a fifty four hundred per family on average increase and going higher this year. So thank you for recognizing it. Oh, we appreciate it very, very much. So what else is on your mind? Uh, You know, your attorney, your uh, lieutenant governor is dying to be president, right? He's trying to stop Trump from building the wall. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't get in. Yeah, no, I the reason I one of the reasons that the information was on, I was on a job site yesterday and a hardcore liberal that was, oh, aren't you so sad that Hillary lost? You know, you're a woman, and I just about lost it. Yeah, but and you know what? Out. Just all you have to do in the back of your mind, this is a trick I use, just know we won. Hey, thanks for a great call. I've got to run here. 
All right, when we come back, news roundup, information overload, and more of your calls, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. What you had this morning about are we living in Nazi Germany, what were you driving at there? What are you trying to tell them? I think it was uh, disgraceful, disgraceful that the intelligence agencies allowed any information that turned out to be so false and fake out. I think it's a disgrace. And I say that, and I say that. And that's something that Nazi Germany would have done and did do. I think it's a disgrace. That information that was false and fake and never happened got released to the public. As far as BuzzFeed, which is a failing pile of garbage, writing it, I think they're going to suffer the consequences. They already are. And as far as CNN going out of their way to build it up, and by the way, we just found out I was coming down. Michael Cohn, I was being, Michael Cohn is a very talented lawyer. He's a good lawyer in my firm. It was just reported that it wasn't this Michael Cohn they were talking about. So all night long, it's Michael Cohn. I said, I want to see your passport. He brings his passport to my office. I say, hey, wait a minute. He didn't leave the country. He wasn't out of the country. They had Michael Cohn of the Trump Organization was in Prague. It turned out to be a different Michael Cohn. It's a disgrace what took place. It's a disgrace. And I think they ought to apologize to start with Michael Cohn. Sir, since you're attacking us, can you give us a question? Go ahead. No, Mr. President-elect. Go ahead. President-elect. Since you are attacking no, our news not organization, you. Not you. can you give us a chance? Your organization You are attacking our news organization. Your organization Can you give us a chance Let's to go. ask a question, sir? Go ahead. Sir, can Quiet. you state... Quiet. Can, Mr. President-elect, go ahead. Can you state categorically... She's asking a question. Don't be rude. Mr. President-elect, can you give us a question? Don't be rude. You are attacking us. Can you give us a question? Don't be rude. No, I'm not going to give you a question. I'm you, not going to give you a can question. You sta- can you state categorically? You are fake news. Sir, go ahead. can you state categorically that nobody... No, Mr. President-elect, that's not appropriate. You are fake news. Wow. Probably the biggest media beatdown you'll ever see in your lifetime, our news roundup and information overload. Of course, we're continuing our coverage of fake news, and we are watching this developing story, how the Department of Justice and the Office of the Inspector General, the Department of Justice Inspector General, Michael E. Horowitz, announcing that in response to requests from numerous chairmen and ranking members of congressional oversight committees, that, in fact, they will be doing an oversight now and an investigation into how it is that James Comey let Hillary off the hook back on July 5th and how his deputy, Andrew McCabe, got nearly a million dollars from Democrats, including Terry McAuliffe, who helped raise a lot of this money for a state Senate seat, an unprecedented amount of money, and how the Department of Justice Legislative Affairs crossed the line by giving Clinton and her campaign a heads up on information that they were going to be releasing. This is going to get very interesting to watch. Anyway, joining us, we'll get to your calls at the bottom of this half hour, 800-941-SEAN, Jeffrey Lord, former associate political director in the Reagan administration, columnist uh, for the American Spectator, author of the best-selling book, What America Needs, The Case for Trump. Chris Hahn is with us of the ever- popular Chris Hahn show, Fox News contributor. Welcome both of you to the program. Chris Hahn, Great to be can, here. can you recall an instance Hello. where anybody in the media treated Barack Obama the way Jim Acosta of CNN treated President-elect Trump? Well, I mean, I think President-elect Trump gave it as good as Jim Acosta. I, I didn't, did I ask you if he gave as good as he got? I, now, focus on the question. Can yeah. you recall an instance where anybody in the media ever treated Obama yeah. the way they treated President-elect yeah. Trump? Yes, Major Garrett did something very similar to this. When? Uh, it was something out of drama class, and I criticized him very much on the Chris Hahn show, which is on tonight, by the way. Oh, he chanted? Did you say chanted? 
I chastised him. Oh, okay. Well, let me play. Uh, This is some of the tough questions. Let's go back after the first 100 days of Obama. This is a CNN reporter, Jim Zeleny. Jeff Zeleny, he was formerly with the New York Times at the time, that he asked this very, very tough, hard question. During these first 100 days, what has surprised you the most about this office, enchanted you the most about serving in this office, humbled you the most, and troubled you the most? Uh, Let me write this down. Surprised. Uh, troubled. I've got, uh, what, what was the first one? Surprised. Surprised. Troubled. Troubled. Enchanted. Enchanted. Nice. And humbled. And what was the last one? Humbled? Uh, humbled. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That was such a, a different tone, Jeffrey Lord. What are your thoughts? I know this is probably tough for you because a lot of this deals with a network that writes you a check. I'm not asking you to give up your job here. <laughs> Thank you. That's good to know. I, and I, I do know, in, in fact, Jim Acosta, and and like him a great deal. But let me let me focus a bit on on the difference to what he did and another incident that you may remember. I mean, in essence, the media is rallying to Jim. That's fine, uh, not unexpected. But let's recall that when Neil Monroe of the Daily Caller asked President Obama a question when he gave a little uh, came out to the Rose Garden to give a talk on uh, the DREAM Act and immigration and all this. And when Neil thought he was done, he shouts a question at him. And Obama says, tersely, he's not taking questions and he persists. And the president then walks out. Well, I mean, the outcry in the media against Neil Monroe was unbelievable. And I just think that all this kind of incident does, in the larger sense, is say to the American people, emphasize, you know, the feelings that the American people already have about the media that's fairly negative. And there's one other thing, Sean, I think if we just sort of pull back from this specific incident, I think what we're seeing here is the combination, not just of Donald Trump, but 21st century technology and how the Trump White House may totally change the way it deals with the media. Um, in other words, this, this business of White House briefings that used to go on, that go on and have been. That's a dog decades. and phony pony show. I mean, it's such yeah, a waste you know, of time. It won't last. We're going to be dealing with Twitter. We're going to be dealing with Instagram. We're going to be dealing with Facebook. Uh, I think that they're going to find some way to change this. And I, and I don't think the, the mainstream media will be very happy with it. Well, I don't think they're going to be happy, but their coverage. I, look, I've been comparing. I'm not going to put you in a compromising position. You work for CNN. I've already laid out how extremely biased I think they are. But, you know, let's look at BuzzFeed in particular. I mean, do you think it's appropriate based on the lack of sourcing and confirmation to just dump out there uh, stories that are not confirmed, not corroborated, not true, provably false, very simply provably false statements, Chris Hahn of the Chris Hahn Show, Yeah, that Michael... Cone was not in Prague, was never in Prague, that there's no that there's no videotape of Donald Trump at the Ritz Carlton in Russia with hookers that are urinating on his bed. I think it was uh, very irresponsible of BuzzFeed to put that out without corroborating. But that said, I think it did uh, the president elect a huge favor because now we're talking about this nonsense and we're not talking about the many conflicts of interest which he was supposed to address yesterday. He did somewhat, but we're not really... Wait, wait, wait. What do you mean he did somewhat? He had... had, Wait wait a minute. He had literally a desk a a mile high of papers that he signed, which, by the way, legally he does not have to do. The president is exempt from any of these laws that are applicable to other members that are inside a government. 
President and vice president are both exempt. And yet, to avoid any appearance of impropriety or any conflict of interest, he has handed the entire Trump organization over to Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. So, you know, I would think that even you would say, well, that's a pretty, pretty smart thing to do, number one, and it's probably a good thing for the country that he does that. I think that nothing is a problem until it's a problem. And there will come a time. See, where it doesn't it's a matter. Problem. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is, he Sean, does. The question is, Sean. <laughs> that's right. Is he, is he tearing down the media right now? So that I mean, short of giving Chris Hahn his entire Trump organization, you're not going to be happy. You and Chucky e. Schumer. There's nothing that Donald Trump is ever going to do in the next four years that you're going to like. But let me tell you something. This is that's what, not true. Uh, if he wants to do. A real infrastructure okay, he's not, in this country, I will be with him on it. Okay, a real infrastructure. 100%. Of course, you want more big government spending. It's the one thing that I fear the most is we're not going to pay for it as we go. That's the one I thing you would support. Liberals, you know liberals want big spending, big government, big deficits. I get it. Yes, our infrastructure's uh, crumbling, but unless we pay as we go, I'm not comfortable with the trillion-dollar infrastructure spending plan. Jeffrey Lord. Sean, Sean you know, if I could go back here for just a second to this story we were talking about in the beginning— the thing that I think is not getting enough attention now, and the New York Times, of all places, mentioned this, is that the origin of this so-called dossier is from a firm called Fusion GPS. And I remember them in the day, because I, I, I wrote a little bit around the subject. I'm not sure that I mentioned them. But they went after a guy by the name of Frank Vandersloot, who was an Idaho rancher who had given money to uh, Mitt Romney back in 2012. And, and this is basically a Democratic oppo group. So what you have here, and they've, they've done work for, among other things, I think Planned Parenthood. I mean, so what you've got here is a Democratic oppo group hiring somebody to put together this dossier, and then all of the rest of this. I mean, I, I mean, I think that discredits the whole thing on its face immediately. Chris? I spent all day yesterday explaining to people what golden showers were, Sean. It was horrible. I think it. Look, I, I'm not in favor of what it, what was what went down there with Buzz. I'm sure you didn't have to look it up, Chris. I mean, did you know about it ahead of time? <laughs> and you know, Sean, that the uh, amusing thing is, I remember, and I went back and looked it up yesterday. BuzzFeed sent a reporter to accompany Donald Trump to New Hampshire. This is in 2014, and they wrote this really snarky uh, piece about him. In the very second graph, they talked about how he used he said he's in he gets back in the car from this event. And he's using hand sanitizer. Uh, in other words, making it plain that he's a germaphobe, which he said himself yesterday. Listen, yeah. I, I, I spent a lot of time with him. There were days I know he doesn't like to shake hands. He did it all over the campaign trail. But I said, don't worry, don't shake my hand. And I just because I, there are people. Look, that's how you get sick. Let's just be honest here. I you, yeah. me, you get you get no argument for me about that. I I'm, I'm a big fan of the fist bump in the winter. So, but they, none of this seemed credible from the get go. And then you look at the. Well, let's just stick with BuzzFeed, so we don't put our friend Jeffrey in a compromising position where he's called into Jeff Zucker's office and then he's told he can't do my show <laughs> anymore. Um, but this guy, Lair of BuzzFeed, he's donated you know, a half a million dollars and put them in Democratic coffers, including 2700 bucks to Hillary in 2016. BuzzFeed has an agenda. My friend Joe Concha wrote an article yesterday that had all of the different tweets of the people that work there. They all love, absolutely worship and well, adore Obama and Hillary. Well, let's be clear. The editor-in-chief of BuzzFeed got his first job from Jared Kushner. 
so it's not like all uh, it's not all uh, anti-Trump over Listen, there. I like Jared a lot. He's a friend of mine, but I think he's been more aligned with the Democratic Party over the years than the Republican Party. Uh, and that might be the case. But look, again, I don't think... What do you mean that might to... be the McKay- case? Look, look, so you could just go hand it to your right again. Go ahead. <laughs> there is... There is um, I've been learning from Jeffrey Lord not to give an inch in these interviews. It's, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, look, what they did was irresponsible. Very irresponsible. I think it taints some other things in the future. And I think that the media needs to be right. very careful when they make those kind of accusations. I've got to run here. Is journalism as we know it dead, Jeffrey Lord? It's a yes or no question. Yeah, Sean, you know, you, but you've been talking about uh, journalism is dead for a long time. And uh, I, I think this has become so partisan. Uh, and I think the technology is going to change the way we do this business, period. By the way, I am showing a deep love, respect, and friendship for Jeffrey today. I just want everybody to know that. All right, thank you guys for being with us. Uh, Don't miss the Chris Hahn Show, all 30 minutes of it tonight on the Chris Hahn Network. The Sean Hannity Show, powered by American capitalism. And never government subsidized. Sean Hannity is on right now. And I haven't, you know, turned on Fox News or listened to conservative talk radio yet today, but I've turned them on enough over these past seven and a half years to know I'm not exaggerating in terms of their story. And, and look, if I watched Fox News, I wouldn't vote for me. You know, if you're watching Fox News, you get an entirely different reality than if, you know, if, if you watch Fox News on a regular basis, it is a constant menu. If you watch Fox News, you inhabit a completely different world with different facts. I wasn't viewed through this prism of Fox News and conservative media and uh, making me scary. The History Channel is not here. I guess they were embarrassed about the whole Obama is a devil thing. (laughs) Of course, that never kept Fox News from showing up. You talked to somebody who said, well, I don't know. I was watching Fox News and they said this horrible. You already know how powerful the Latino vote can be. In 2012, Latinos voted in record numbers. The next day, even Sean Hannity changed his mind and decided immigration reform was a good idea. Think about it. That's a hateful thing. Fox News is not hateful. If you were watching Sean Hannity consistently... He's a commentator, These guys, they've given me a hard time. With respect to Sean Hannity, I I didn't know that he had invited me for a beer. Um, You know, but uh, I I will take that under advisement. Generally... uh, his opinion of me does not seem to be very high, but uh, but I'm always good for a beer. How are the uh, wife and kids doing? You know, they're doing great. They, they seem to be thriving, watching Nickelodeon. They're not listening to Sean Hannity on uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> I'll put Mr. Burgess up against Sean Hannity. He'll tear him up. Is, is, is Sean Hannity suddenly going to get on the airways and say, you know, I was wrong about this Obama guy. He's, he's my man. No. I mean, I think that there's a certain segment uh, of hardcore Sean Hannity fans that probably wouldn't want to go have a beer with me. There's no doubt about that. You know, in all these years, Obama mentioning me and attacking talk radio and attacking five, I mean, it is pretty spectacular. He's, he got the most fawning coverage of anybody in the history of the presidency gets a Nobel Peace Prize and ends up screwing up everything around the world 
before he ever did a thing. He's been loved, and from day one, people crying the night Trump wins. They can't stand Trump. And, of course, we've got Golden Shower Gate. It's ridiculous. And, and you know, he couldn't take one area of criticism, the few conservatives that saw him as the radical leftist that he always was and always governed like. All right, anyway, when we come back, we're going to get to your phone calls toll-free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, Rudy Giuliani on cybersecurity and how journalism is dead tonight. Bill Bennett is going to talk about what the replacement of Obamacare should be. We also have Lou Dobbs on the border battle and Gavin Newsom's attack and, and how Mexico will pay for the wall. We have the latest Hollywood freakout snowflake video with Kimberly Guilfoyle and Eric Bowling tonight. Ainsley Earhart joins us with a report on what Ivanka and Jared uh, Kushner will do. 10 Eastern, Fox. Sean, uh-oh, bad news for the Obamas. It looks like the first dog, Sonny Obama, may have some anger management issues. TMZ is reporting the president has had to deal with a little crisis at the White House. A family friend was bitten by the dog, his four-year-old dog. I'm told the incident occurred on Monday when... The 18-year-old was visiting a white ha- the White House. Sources connected to the girl tell us that she went to pet and kiss the dog, and the dog bit her on the face. Yikes. Anyway, Sonny is a Portuguese water dog. Is that what you call it? Anyway, left a nasty gash under the girl's eye. We're told the Obama family physician checked her out, decided she needed stitches. Yikes. That's rough. Anyway, she's going to be okay. We're told that she'll likely have just a tiny scar, which upset her, but... Um, she posted some pictures of the injury and her visit to the doctor on social media. Look, I kind of sympathize with the Obamas here. I had a dog snowball for 18 years. Snowball bit a lot of people over the 18 years, <laughs> including me early when I had snowball. These little, these little dogs, she was like a 25 pound little dog. She like, a looked like a baby sheep dog. I love this dog. And some of the biggest fights we'd have at home, I remember when my kids were born, I brought, I'd bring the kids, and the first thing I did was take them and stick them in front of the dog to make sure that nothing happened, and that the dog would become accustomed to the kids and the house and the smell and all that stuff. It didn't go over particularly well in the, in the house. But uh, so I can sympathize a little bit. Nobody ever got bitten badly by Snowball. Just little, just little, you know, quick little, quick little jab bites. And it was funny, but the only people she'd ever bite were people that showed fear. If you're a dog person and you put your hand down in front of their face, let them sniff you the way you're supposed to, she would usually be fine. The only time she went after me is when I was stupid enough. Knick-knack, paddywhack, I gave her a bone and she was splintering this T-bone from a steak to the point where I thought she was going to choke and die. I had to go over and, and grab it out of her mouth and she didn't like it. And I go, well, I shouldn't have given it to you in the first place. And then from there forward, I only gave her doggy bones. Instead of the real bones, although she loved the real bone. So I kind of feel a little bit bad for the Obamas on that one. And I was certainly the poor girl. I mean, that had to be frightening for her. Um, And, you know, there are people, if like a dog does a little bite like that, they want to put your dog to sleep. It's ridiculous. It's just you got to be careful when you have dogs. And especially people that, for whatever reason, you got to remember dogs are baby wolves. They just have a pack mentality. Uh, a herd mentality and if they feel threatened and it's weird because if they sense fear that that tends to bring out aggressiveness in them i guess that weakness incurs aggression i guess we could apply that to countries bully countries one other thing apparently wall street journal washington times both reporting that billionaire investor george soros lost nearly a billion dollars after the stock market rallied following trump's 
surprise Election Day victory. Sources familiar with the hedge fund manager's trading said he remained cautious going into the November election, made the mistake of becoming more bearish after Trump's win, and the stock market rallied on expectations that Trump's policies would boost the economy. That caused Soros trading positions to incur massive losses, approaching a billion dollars, according to the Wall Street Journal. That kind of makes me feel pretty good. All right, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, let's say hi to Bryce's in Chandler in Arizona. Bryce, hi. How are you? Glad you're on hey, the Sean Hannity Show. What's going on? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, real quick. Uh, as far as like these fake news outlets, uh, you know, and the intelligence leaking uh, stuff to them, like this is all Obama's. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Obama had a finger in this fake news where he was just telling them what to say. This kind of seems very odd. Look, I don't I don't know up. the I don't know the answer, but I will say that the media has crashed and burned over this golden shower gate bombshell. And there's absolute truth to what Michael Goodwin was writing about. They thought this was politically now pay attention to what I'm saying. This was the end of Trump. He called it the kill shot against Trump. And it it's sad, but that's that's going to be. How the country operates now and the media operates for the next four years. Trust me, the media is just lying in wait and they've got a bullseye on Trump and they want to take him out. I've used this analogy. They want to destroy him. You see this in the hearings with his cabinet officials. You'll see it with a Supreme Court appointment, justice appointment. You'll see it when he wants to cut taxes. You'll see it when Obamacare is gone and a replacement is is put in place. You'll see it when he wants to open up energy production in this country. You'll see it when he wants to build the wall. You'll see fierce opposition from the NEA and Democrats by sending education back to the states. You'll see it with the vetting of refugees. Every major, every major agenda item is going to be attacked. And any weakness, any any small, insignificant thing will be blown up into a major crisis by the media. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's going to bite them, though, because I have family out in California that uh, were Democrat, and they're not voting Democrat no more just because of all this. So I think there's a look. There's a, a backlash. Good. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, you think of all the things the media doesn't do that, for example, and I'm not patting myself on the back that I have done. And why well, I'm hated by these people. You've got to understand, they, do, they cannot stand the fact that there's one conservative, one person in all of cable news that says they are a conservative. Well, now I guess Tucker, he's conservative, too. All right, two. There's two. But we vet Obama. I vetted Obama when they wouldn't do their job. I gave Obama's real record after his farewell address. I've given you the truth about Obamacare, the Obama economy. I've given you the truth about his foreign policy failures. These are all things they do not want to ever do. And it's it's kind of sad to me. I agree. Anyway, so what else is going on? Nothing much. Enjoying the lovely day out here. All right. Well, you enjoy it out in Arizona. It's actually a nice day here in New York. A little overcast, but it's warm as hell. Uh, Perry, uh, Percy, rather, Washington State. Apparently a former CNN employee. Where did you work for CNN? I was a citizen stringer, so they called them iReporters in those days. But they had a few guys that were uh, regulars on the on TV, and so that's what I did. And so I, I spent uh, many nights, days and nights at CNN in Atlanta looking at the inside and seeing what happened and how they work and uh, understanding how they, uh, how they are what they are. 
You know, it's very funny. I uh, When I lived in Atlanta, when did I live there? From 96 to 2, no, 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 from 92 to 96, I would do a lot of their shows. And the day that O.J. Simpson it was announced he was to be arrested, I was on this show, Sonia Friedman Live. And I said on the show, I just got done saying, well, he should be a suspect. After all, he has this history of, of wife battery, et cetera, et cetera. I literally was in the middle of being chastised by Sonia Friedman when CNN breaks in with breaking news. The arrest of O.J. Simpson is imminent. I came back and I said, well, I just told you that. But, you know, I got beat up for it. Anyway, it ended up that me and Tavis Smiley, we were guests on the same show that day. We ended up carrying the network for like four five, four hours or something, some insane amount of time. And one of the top people at CNN, a vice president, came down and walked me out of the building and thanked me for for everything that I did and appreciated it and said, we want you to work here. That went nowhere. That went absolutely nowhere. <laughs> well, you know, my experience there, and I, and I, I, I was there when, I don't know if you remember the Rick Sanchez uh, debacle. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, one day he was there and then he was gone. And, you know, that, that represented CNN at a time when I thought they were pretty fair and balanced. But something happened. I don't know exactly what it was, but... But something happened over the years. And if we were to go into CNN today, what you would see is uh, a lot of interns fresh out of college, ready to say yes and do yes to anything that their superiors tell Well, they to probably do. went to a lot of these media schools, too. The Columbia, the Absolutely. prestigious Columbia School of Journalism. There's only one. Cons- oh, you know. Absolutely. And you, you wouldn't dare cross word you know cross words with uh, your boss or some of the, the main anchors that are there and have been there well on the other years. side of that i can tell you that we have a, a a group of young people that work at fox and intern at fox every year i mean it's one of the most prestigious internships to get because they're so hard to get that are really good kids that went to cons- schools and often stood out as as being open to hearing at least all sides and uh, i talked to these kids and they all experience some type of if they're conservative all some type of punishment or ridicule or mocking because they happen to not go along with the liberal orthodoxy that 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 they experienced in college you know but anyway good call appreciate it thank you percy uh big time aj houston texas it's only eight days left big time eight days thank god the era of obama is over and after about a month, it's going to be like he was never there, but for the deficit and the bad appointments he made. Big time, Sean Hannity. Happy New Year's to you. And uh, talking about dog bites. Well, you know what? I hope the Republicans watching because if they don't get rid of this Obama tax and this Obama thing away from us, or a lot of American people are going to bite. So they better make sure they better make sure that they know that we are watching them, and they better do their job. Or boy, it ain't gonna be nice. They better get right. And and, and then he gets out there and he spill. There's uh, the your, uh, montage you play for the idiots in the media. Uh, uh, well, there's no scandals. Uh, Sean, you showed all the scandals the guy has had for eight years. Where is they brain cells at? Oh wait, <clears throat> no, no, no. Operation Fast and Furious, Benghazi. I mean, you want me to go through the list? I don't have time. I know. I mean, you spend all day trying to uh, uh, find something good. And I say, tell me something good the man did in eight years. I get crickets. I'm like, okay. Now, then, but they want to die. Oh, well, he's a great. What made him the great? He ain't did anything. And then you hear all them idiots out there crying. I wonder did they run out of box of tissues. But like you said, big time. 
We won. And get over it, Democrats, because it's time for a change in this country. America is coming back, and the jobs are coming back. And, Lord, get ready, because Trump is on the move. Love you big time, Sean, and welcome back, and let's stay on the job, baby. You know, you sound a lot like Santa Claus that we had on this year. It's very funny. <laughs> you have the same laugh as him, too. Uh, ho, ho, ho. Everybody loved it. Uh, I bet they did. All right, <laughs> big time. Hey, Sean, and Santa Claus was right, too, about uh, the new Republican in the White House. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and the media, look, they're job. all going to go nuts. And this was my, my point earlier in the program today. They are going to lose it on every issue. Everything's going to be a heightened state of panic and hysteria. And they're ju- and look, and Trump's at some point, there's going to be something. And it's going to be a rough what? road. They're, they're going to make a mountain out of a molehill. And they're, they're jo- they want to destroy this man. Anyway, thank you big time. Appreciate it. Back to our busy phones. Uh, Chris, South Carolina. Hey, Chris, how are you? Glad you called. Hey, um, Sean, this is Chris. And I was calling just to say, um, you know, in 2008, the media and the pundits on the left, they warned Americans of the impending hatred that would be surely religious right, the Republicans, and they lumped us in with the KKK and white supremacists. And nobody did anything. Nobody on our side did anything when he came into power. We swallowed hard and we dealt with it. Now, turn that around to what we've got right now. We got the, snowflake um, mania got is what the, we've got, but okay. Yeah, exactly. We got the worst, most vicious hatred and aggression coming from the left when they accost the president-elect's daughter on a, an airplane from the um, from the DNC, who send back and forth emails being very disparaging towards minorities and the um, media who does nothing but put out propaganda. Well, look, the media, I keep saying we have an informational crisis. I keep saying journalism is dead. And I'm telling you, you're going to see more. You're not going to see what we saw in the last eight years, which is fawning, insane, loving, you know, almost orgasmic coverage of President Obama. I I came up with the term Obamagasm because that's basically what it is. They giddy. They get thrills up and down their legs and their entire body and they cry and they and they cried when Trump won and and this is rocking their entire reality their world they can't believe how stupid we are they think we're dumb and meanwhile government has failed spectacularly and they won't tell you that story that's the sad part they're not doing their job and maybe I should be glad maybe I should be the happiest person in America right now that the, the media doesn't do their job because that leaves a vacancy for me that leaves me with a niche to fill Kennedy uncovers the real truth truth. about the politics of D.C. He's your watchdog on Big Brother every day. Kennedy is on right now. First, I was afraid. I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. And I grew strong. And I learned how to get along. And so you're back. You have to march from outer space. I just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face. I should have changed that stupid log. I should have made you leave your key. If I'd known for just one second. You'd be back to bother me. Go on now, go. Walk out the door. Just turn around now. Because you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to hurt me with goodbye? Did you think I'd crumble? Do you think I'd lay down and die? Oh, no, not I. I will survive. Oh, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. I've got all my life to live. And I've got all my love to give. And I'll survive. I will survive. Hey, hey. I like that part. I will survive. 
All right, you got to see the Snowflake Hollywood latest video tonight. We'll show it on Hannity, 10 Eastern. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Eric Bowling will respond to that. Ainsley, all the attacks against Ivanka Trump and her husband, Jared Kushner, that's coming up uh, tonight as well. Rudy Giuliani will weigh in on cybersecurity and how the media and journalism are dead in America and how Trump should react to that. Bill Bennett, what should the replacement of Obamacare be? And Lou Dobbs tonight, all the efforts to stop the building of the wall. 10 Eastern, set your DVR. That's all the time we have for today. We'll See you tonight back here tomorrow. Hey, if you want a firearm that is easier to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from our friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Now, it is a portable rifle that you can put together, take apart in just minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case that it comes in. It's so small, you can store it pretty much anywhere. And it's light enough to carry everywhere. Now, it comes in black and two different camo patterns. And you can pick one up for three to four hundred bucks, depending on the finish. Check out their videos. Go to their website. It's one word, henryusa.com slash survival. And while you're there, make sure you order their free catalog. Now, Henry makes more than 200 rifles and shotguns and revolvers, all made in America, all backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website, henryusa.com. Get their free catalog. They'll send you free decals and a list of dealers where you are. That's HenryUSA.com, free catalog decals for the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover brought to you by the Epic Times where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, warmer days remind us of fond summer memories. Now, you can make those moments year-round with the Michael Phelps Swim Spa by our friends at Master Spas, and that combines the leisure of a hot tub with the exercise benefits of a pool. Now, Master Spas technology is incredible with LED lighting, beautiful waterfalls, and those super powerful water jets installed in just one day. You're going to love it. Proudly made in America. Use the promo code Hannity in the upper right-hand corner. That's masterspas.com for up to $1,000 off. You can exercise, relax, recover with the only hot tub and swim spa brand I trust, masterspas.com.